real fast, just kind of bring you up to speed on a kind of a crazy morning. It was a crazy evening for us as we um, uh, got a phone call. Uh, be, be praying for Eric. Eric is our uh, worship pastor. Um, yesterday, uh, just crazy for him. Uh, gets a call in the morning, um, I think around 5 or 6, his mother had fallen. Um, so they had to take her to the ER. And then he gets back, and as he's back, his dad starts having some uh, chest stuff going on. So they have to take him to the ER. Uh, and so they ended up... Um, they kept him and they transported dad, I believe, up to regional yesterday evening. We're going to run some tests today. So be, be, be praying for, for them. Um, I know it's just kind of a crazy, uh, crazy day for them. A lot of emotion and, and stuff there. And so, um, but man, th- thank you all so much for filling in the way that you did. And, and y'all for being in here this morning with us. Uh, we, we're excited. Um, and so, so just real quick before we jump in. Um, Prime Timers, uh, the sign-up's out in the lobby, so if you would just uh, sign up there. Uh, and then also, if you'd bring a small dessert of some sort, um, just to help with that, would greatly be appreciated. It's going to be a fun night there. Um, and then also, just want to talk real quick about Revival Night Wednesday night. Um, I'm telling you, it's going to be a service like you've never been a part of. You're going to be a part of that. Um, so if at all possible, make plans to be here. Like I said, we'll have, we'll have uh, stuff for the children, uh, things like that. But um, uh, also, just really, I think it'll be a good night for us as a church, uh, us individually, us corporately. Um, like I said, got, got someone special coming in to, to lead worship for us there on that so we can all participate and be a part of. And uh, it's just, I'm, that's all I'm going to say about it. You, you're not going to want to miss it. So um, that's all I've got there. So, so over, over the last few weeks, just really been trying to uh, get into this new series, get into this series that we're in uh, today um, and, and really trying to just diving into as we, as we look at discipleship, as we talk about discipleship. Um, and, and I'm really just kind of geeked up about it because I love, love, love talking about discipleship, love thinking about discipleship, love uh, trying to strategize about discipleship, if that's even a word. Um, I, I could talk for days about it. We can look at scriptures. We can, I, I just, I love it because I believe uh, that's one of the areas in the church uh, that we're just struggling in. One of the areas that, that, we've, uh, that, that we've, we've missed or we've uh, punted on our responsibilities and um, I've just tried so hard over the last couple of weeks to, to just jump in and let's go to this thing, but God just uh, let me do it. And I believe it's because he's wanting to do some work over the last couple of weeks on our heart to prepare us for what uh, he's going to have to say for us because uh, there's a great cost in discipleship. There is a great cost when we talk about discipleship and when we engage with others and we walk uh, in that way with, with other people for the, for the purpose of making disciples and growing in our walk. There is great cost. There's time. There's energy. There's effort. Uh, there's just a number of things that come into play. And not to mention it's not easy. Well, because discipleship is relationship. And I don't know about you, but, but relationship's difficult. I mean, I'm talking like, like surface level type, uh, how's the game, how's the tires on your truck, like, like that kind of relationship stuff, which in reality is where most people are at in today's world, that, that's not difficult or hard. But, but I'm talking about like, like deep relationship, iron sharpening iron, leaning on, weighing in on each other, and, and just caring for one another in a way that honors God and presses you even deeper in your relationship with Jesus. That type of relationship is difficult. And I'm afraid in the church, very few find that. I'm afraid in the church, very few walk in that manner with someone where they have the right to speak into your life and you just listen and not respond, not fight. Not fight against, not buck against, but, but listen to and hear what they have to say and then pray about it and ask God to reveal, is that, is it not? And then walk in the difficult manner of trying to, to make better and grow whatever was called out. I just, that we, we don't get there often. We don't land at that place often. I think more so what we do is we live in a day where we want to do the least possible but reap the greatest benefit. 
We want to do what, what, what the smallest amount possible, but, but get the best, best benefit out of it. Like, like I, don't, I don't get why I'm not growing deeper in my relationship with the Lord. I mean, I, I, mean, I, re- I read my Bible for like two minutes twice a week. I mean, I'll pray for the food every once in a while. And if granny gets sick, I, you mean I got a fellowship? I mean, well, I mean, I, mean, I get here at, at 10.05 and I wave across the sanctuary to someone. I mean, stay, why would I stay after? I mean, the buffet's waiting, you know? I mean, I, gotta, I, gotta, I don't want to wait in that line. I got kids. Kids are crazy. And so we jet out of here. And, uh, am I involved in a relationship with someone else for the purpose of growing and maturing? Well, I mean, I've got a buddy on Facebook that'll quote a verse every once in a while and send to me. I mean, that. And it's kind of like that, that's the mentality, that's, that's the thought. It's like, it's like we, we do the least possible. I mean, we're, we're not devoted and sold out to Christ like he would ask us to be or he would even call for us to be. We, we, we do the least possible. We don't understand why God doesn't bless us. We don't understand why there's not major breakthrough in our life. We don't understand why we don't live in the power of the Holy Spirit. We, we just don't get it. We're, we're doing the least possible. I mean, yeah, yeah, I love Jesus. I like him. I tolerate him. He's cool. I just, don't, I just don't understand these big breakthroughs that people have. I just don't understand all this blessing and this stuff that, that you see in this. Why, why not? And we, just, we just don't, we don't get it. And I think what's happened over the last couple of weeks is hopefully God has used the, those scriptures and those sermons to kind of uh, uh, start to till the, 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 fertile, the ground of our heart and make it fertile. Well, so whenever he starts to drop some stuff in that area over the next few weeks, it'll, it'll be able to take root. And hopefully watering from the Holy Spirit will be able to be cultivated and to grow into something that will bring honor and glory to Him as well as be good for us. I believe that's what God is wanting to do. And so, and so I just want to say this, this call of discipleship, what we're going to talk about discipleship is not something that needs to be prayed about because it's commanded by the Lord for us to go and do. So there's just no need to, to pray about it because I believe that it's a command given through that over the next week. But um, my hope tonight is this, is just to, or this morning is this, is just to show you the heart. Look at the heart. Look at the why. Look at the why we want to make disciples. Look at the heart behind why we do that. So I'm going to ask you if you join me as we pray, and then we'll, we'll jump into our scripture this morning, which is going to be in Matthew 22. But we'll, we'll get here in just a second. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Jesus, we need you. God, I just pray you move and speak and make your presence known in this place this morning. Father, just thank, thank you so much God, for the songs that have been proclaimed in this place. God, my heart and my prayers that you're pleased. My heart and my prayer is that, that worship has taken place. Oh, God, as we have cried out and we have been reminded of your greatness and your glory, Father, that we would be closer and that we would, we would give back to you, God, how great and how awesome you truly are. God, now, as, as your word is open and proclaimed, I thought, Father, I pray that, uh, that your Holy Spirit would move and do a work like only you can, and we pray, amen. Amen. So like I said, uh, Matthew twenty two thirty six. 36. And so what we're going to see here in this scripture is we're going to see uh, a group of people called the Pharisees because see, the Sadducees uh, had just questioned Jesus, had just asked him some questions, trying to, again, capture, uh, catch him in some inconsistencies, do some things like that. And so they were unsuccessful. And so what happens now is you've got the Pharisees, this religious group of people who are going to do the same thing. Uh, they want to test Jesus. They want to ask him some questions. They want to try to disprove him and stop him uh, because they couldn't stand him. They could not stand him. And so they're going to ask him a question and see how he answers it. And, and how he answers it this morning, again, it's just the motive behind the why for everything we do. Everything. But especially the motive behind the heart while we make disciples. So Matthew twenty two thirty six says this. It says this. It says, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? 
And so what you need to know is this, is that there's about 613 laws that they were supposed to keep, that they were supposed to obey, that they were supposed to follow, around 613 in all that they were uh, supposed to do that. We're familiar with the Ten Commandments, we, we know those a little bit, we're familiar with those, uh, but even to expound on that, that, I mean, there was law upon law upon law. And so we drift back to the Ten Commandments and look at those. Control them. And, and so the question is asked, not really because they want to know the answer, the, the question is asked because they're hoping to catch Jesus in something. They're hoping to disprove him. They're hoping to find some inconsistencies. They're, they're, they're doing everything they can do to try to get rid of him, to disprove him. Because Jesus was an inconvenience for them. Jesus was an inconvenience for the people, especially these religious people, because they didn't live the way that Jesus lived. They didn't go by the standard that Jesus went by. They didn't even keep the law themselves. And so, so what I want to say is this, is that Christianity Church is about a relationship with Christ. That's what it's about. It's about relationship with Christ. It's not about a list of do's and don'ts, but it's about a, an intimate relationship that's to be. But that's what Christianity is about. And we're going to talk about that here in just a little bit. And we need to know that the intention of law was to never save. The whole point behind the law, why the law was given, why the law was, was, was shared, why it was put out there, was it was not to save, but to show of our horrific condition. To show us that we couldn't do it ourselves, that we couldn't make it ourselves, that, that we had no hope outside of God stepping in and doing something. So it's not about law, it's about love, it's about devotion, it's about dependence. So, so Jesus' response, look at it in 37, he says this, Jesus replies, he speaks. Because we don't even know how to love, period. Because the way our culture defines it, the way our culture looks at it. The way our, our culture talks about it and what's been ingrained in us. So what I've done is, is I want to define it. I want to look at what it means at its, at its form here as Jesus speaks this. Because in the, in the scriptures, words mean something. Evidence to someone shown in self-sacrifice through unconditional commitment. It's the choosing and the benevolence, the goodwill towards someone that's given how we sacrifice self through an unconditional commitment. Now is that the way that our world defines love? Absolutely not. But that's what Jesus is talking about here. Because what we know about this love is that it's steadfast, it's always sacrificing for the betterment of the other regardless. That's what Jesus is talking about whenever he says to love God. That's the type of love we're to have for God. That's that we, we, we sacrifice ourselves for an unconditional commitment to him, no matter what he has, no matter what he expects, no matter what he calls us to. I mean, I'm going to be committed and all in and, and go for the betterment of, for the glory of his name. I'm, I'm going to be steadfast in it. I'm not going to swerve. I'm going to, I'm going to be focused always sacrificing for the betterment of him no matter what making him famous in his name known and I think what breaks my heart in the church today is, is that I just you don't see much of this I think, I think what breaks my heart about the church in our world today is that, is that there's, not a, there's not a love of, there's not a lot of that kind of love in our, in, our, in our church in our world I mean would you say that the church loves God that way the way that Jesus would define love Let's make it personal for a moment. Would you say that about yourself? I mean, that, that you love him in that way? That you're committed to him in that way? We, we think about sacrifice. And very little would we sacrifice for. Unconditional commitment. No matter what is gained from. Would you describe your love for God that way? Would I describe my love for God that way? 
And, and more than me describing it, because I always think we like to think of ourselves a little bit better than maybe we, we really are, but, uh, but with those around us describe the way that we love God like that. Because you know, we, just, we don't define love that way. Love in our world is based more around oh, what do I get out of it or how can I benefit or, 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 or what would it do for me? Love in our world is more of a tolerate for a bit until I get bored with or it, does, it just doesn't do so much for me. What do I get out of it? What can I gain? That's what love looks like in our world. But Jesus says the greatest commandment is this, is that we're lover of God. How do we do that? How do you know if you're a lover of God? Well, first of all, the way that you do that, the scripture says this, is that you love Jesus. The way that you love God is you love Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is God. That's how we do it. And this is a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit where he awakens us to the reality of him. And hear me, we can't do that on our own. We can't uh, will ourselves to do this. We can't just try harder. This is a, a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that's why so many fall away or walk away from. It's because maybe, maybe they're not loving Jesus the way that he's called us and asked us to. So how do we physically do that? Because like I said, I mean, relationship stuff. I don't know about you, but, but for me, you give me a list of things to do, I mean, I can knock that out of the park because it's tangible, it's there. Uh, I mean, any of you married in the room, you know what I'm talking about. You sit there on the couch and, and boo things over there in the corner and you just kind of look at her and she's kind of got that look and you're like, oh, Lord, what have I done? And, and you kind of debate in your head, do I want to engage in this or do we just want to watch the football game? To which the default posture of any man in the room is football game's on, let's do it. The football game, that is. Well, because relationship stuff, and you know that if you start to go down that road, oh, dear Lord, where we could end. And we missed the whole game. There is a great possibility that we might not be able to catch what's happening there and miss it. Well, because relationship difficult. And you know when you start to pull back that and you start to have conversation. And the heart starts to be shared. It can get messy. And then there's always that fear in the man's heart, like, what have I done? And like you're rolling through your head, the roller decks. Did I not? Okay, put the lid down. I took the trash out. Uh, good. Oh. Relationships, t- but, but if my wife would tell me, Scott, if you just do these 10 things, we're good. We'll always be good. Man, would that not be easier? Would that not be so much easier? And see, the problem is I believe that the church, the church has kind of jumped on that because relationship with each other is difficult enough as it is. And then try to put in on that, how do we do relationship with God? Because relationship with God's the same way. And what we've done is we've, do, we've just kind of replaced it with the Ten Commandments. If we can just kind of not do this and do this, we'll be good to go and he'll be happy with us and everything will be great. And when we miss the relational aspect of and we do it out of duty or we do it uh, out, of, out, of, out of just a checkmark list of what to do. And so how do we physically love Jesus? It's like this. It's like we should physically love one another. Same way, same principles apply. We spend time with. We spend time with. Because what you love, you spend time around. What you love, you engage with. What you love, I mean, you invest into time. The one thing that's most precious to every person in this room is time. Why? Because you'll never get any more back. You can't create more. You can't make more. What you've wasted is gone. What you've left yesterday, you will never have again. It is time. That's the way that we physically love God through Jesus as we spend time with him. And the way we do that is, is through his word. We get in his word. That's where he talks to us because any kind of relationship, well, there has to be communication, does there not? Like if, if I go a week without talking to my wife, 
She might like it. Let's don't, let's don't do it. Let's, let's say like a month. No. But you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like if you go any time without talking to that person that you love, that you care for, that's, that's important to you, what, what happens? Stuff starts to creep in. You start to think things you shouldn't think. It starts, you start to go to places you shouldn't go. I mean, it's work you've got to spend time with. You've got to communicate with. And the way that God communicates with us is through his word. Through his word. If you ever wonder why you struggle maybe so much to relationally walk with Jesus, my question always goes there. How are you doing spending time in his word? How are you doing spending time communicating and talking with him through his word? Because that's one of the ways that he speaks to us. Another way that he speaks to us is through prayer. Another way that we speak to him is through prayer. So we've got to communicate through his word, through praying. And I'm not talking about like, like there's, I mean, there's, there's times of drive-by prayers, you know what I'm saying? Like where you're in the car, maybe something hits you, you're like, okay, God, I need you here, da, 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 and you do it and you go. But I mean, there needs, there needs to be set aside time. I mean, it's, it's, it's not like that in my house. Do you do a relationship like that in your house? Like I'm sitting on the couch next to her and I just text her, hey, just thought of you, think. There's, there's talking back and forth. There's sharing our heart, her sharing her heart. That's the same thing, that's the same way we do it with God and it's through prayer. And we've got to make time to do that. See, I think that's the problem. We, we think that it's just going to be organic. It's just going to happen. And, and, and all I know is this, is that if I don't make time in my relationships in life, it will get filled with other things. If we don't make time and set aside time with the Lord, it will get filled with other things. Good intentions never end in right attitudes and actions unless we do the difficult work of setting up and making a plan and we attack that plan. It won't happen. I mean, a good intention of a date night in my house, if I don't do the physical work of calling and setting up and getting a babysitter and getting a, a, a restaurant, because you know what happens, you get in the car, where we're going to eat, ah, where do you want to go? And it's always like, I don't care. Well, they don't have that restaurant here. Because you do care because I'm going to say something and you're not going to like it. And see, now we're arguing on date night. We don't want that. And so we set it up, I set it up. Same thing goes with our walk with Christ, relationally walking with him. We've got to set up time for prayer. We've got to. And it's got to be more than just uh, uh, time for dinner or when somebody gets sick. And, and uh, hear me, I, like I'm for the drive-by prayer. I think, I think we should be in an attitude and a heart of prayer all the time. But I'm saying is there are times where you just, you just steal your heart away. And maybe in prayer you don't say a word, but you just listen for the Holy Spirit to lead. You just listen for the Holy Spirit to talk, to move to bring something upon your heart, to share with you something in your life. And you cry out all the same way. I think another way that we love Jesus is by serving. We, we give our life away. We give our life away and we serve. And we care for others. We serve. We give our life away. That's how we do relationship. I think another way is through corporate worship where we gather together as the body. And what you've done as a believer in Christ, as a born-again man or woman, child, as you've come in this place, what you've done is you've brought God with you dwelt by the Holy Spirit and Him living in you, Him in you as you come in this place. You and you, the Holy Spirit is here with you, in you. And so you get to worship. We get to talk a little bit. We get to, get to hear about your story, what God's done in your life this week, what's happened in your life. We, we, we worship together. We make much of Jesus together. That's another way that we physically love God. And another way is we fellowship with other believers. Again, where. I can get feedback from other believers, where I can get feedback from people that, that are like-minded, like-hearted, that I can be pressed upon, I can be... Uh, th there's other scriptures in the New Testament that talks about loving Him with all your, your soul, with, um, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. 
every ounce of your being, everything in you is commanded to be constantly in a place of sacrifice and commitment to Jesus regardless. Because that's how you love God. Every ounce of your being is committed to regardless of what else. And, and I just want to say this, if he never does another thing for us, he's already done too much. Offering salvation, rescue and redemption for us, he goes on verse 39 and says this, and the second is like it. He says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And, and so again, G- Jesus goes just as far. And he says it again, the, the first and greatest command, uh, love the Lord your God with everything in you. The second thing is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. And it's the same word for love that we just looked at. The same word for, so we're to love our neighbor with that kind of reckless abandonment of self and sacrifice of self for the betterment of them. It looks just like it does for God only directed at a different person, our neighbor. And the reality is we should be really, really good at this one because nobody loves us more than us. Nobody in this room loves you more than yourself. I don't care what mama said. Nobody loves you more than you. Nobody cares for you more than you. It's just one of our fallen, unredeemed tendencies to really, 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 really love us, to be about us, to care for us, to always take the biggest, gooeyest, most chocolate-filled piece of cake that you can find before anybody else gets a chance to get it. Because it looks the best and it's going to taste the best. And I want to be about me. And the scriptures are full of illustrations that point to that reality of us loving ourselves really, 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 really well. All the while neglecting the love for others. And, and so I just, I just feel like the church in today's world is in a really, really bad job at this. And I don't know why, because we're really, really good at loving ourselves. And I think it comes back to the fact of, like, we just struggle to die to self and care for others in that way. And, and, it, and this is what Jesus commands us to do. This is what Jesus says for us to do and for us to be about. And so I read a quote this week, I think a really, really good quote. John Piper, he says this, he says, Love is the overflow and expansion of joy in God which gladly meets the needs of others. An overflow and expansion of joy in God, a satisfaction in God. And when you're satisfied in God, when, when you're completely content and, and overjoyed in God, then what happens is you meet the need of others, you care for other people. Why? Because you get your eyes off of you. And you get your eyes on the needs of the world. You get your eyes on the care of your neighbor. And, and, and the question is always, well, who's my neighbor? To which my question is this, who's not your neighbor? Is what the scriptures teach. Uh, neighbor has nothing to do with a physical address and the two people that live on each side of you. Or in front of you or behind you. Uh, but it has to do with everyone you interact with every day, everywhere. That's your neighbor. And so we need to make our measure of love just the test for our giving of love to others see loving our neighbor as ourself is a very radical that's exactly what I mean because I guess my question would be is that if you approach it any other way is that really love like if I approach Jesus that way okay okay Jesus like, like we're gonna be cool as long as I get something really, really awesome out of it I mean like the salvation thing that's great and that's all but but what else and see, my fear is I think that's what happens in church today. As people come in and we've, we've, we've over-promised something that God's never set out there to give them in the beginning. And when they don't get what God never promised them, what do they to do with it? 
Because I think we've done a horrific job of that. I, I, I can remember um, part of a small group at a, at a previous church, and um, it, it came to Christmas time. And one of the things that we always wanted to do uh, in that small group is, is that we, we, wanted to, um, we wanted to find people in need. And we wanted to bless them at Christmas time. And so, um, so we come together, we, we find out about this family. He's got a couple kids, and um, so, so we begin to pray. We're like, all right, we're, we're going to do this thing. We, we take up some money in the group, and uh, we, we, we head out to go shopping. And so we're going to take care of Mama. There's, there's no dad in the pictures. So we're going to take care of Mama. We're going to take care of the three kids. The group gets together. I mean, it's just a great opportunity to go as a group, grow in fellowship, grow in a time of service there. I mean, it's, it's good times. And so we, so we get in the car, and we, and we go. As we go, uh, we go to this store. And as we go to this store, store that I'm not familiar with, and so we, so we go into it, and we begin to look around. I'm thinking... I don't, I, don't shop, I don't shop here. I don't know. What, what is this store? What's happening here? What's going on? I, I'm, okay. Yeah, and I begin to think, like, oh, man, that's cheap. Oh, wait, because that's not new. But kind of looks it. Oh, okay, that there. Oh, that's a cool thing. And I look at it. I'm like, okay, that. Oh, yeah. And, and I begin, I begin to, to look at some of the stuff, and I'm like, whoa, what, what are we doing? And I begin to think in my head, and I, and I try to, I try to like, like have that conversation. Oh, it's okay. There's three kids. We don't have that much money. There's three kids. This will be all right. I mean, more presence is better, right? And so we kind of begin, and we got, we got, some, we got buggies, and we're, we're doing it, and we're going at it, and we're kind of walking through, and we're looking at it, and just, I mean, just, God just continued to convict me in that moment. And he's like, dude, I don't know how God talks to you, but he's like, like dude. And I didn't hear an audible voice. It was just kind of in my heart, in, in my soul. I just felt convicted there. He's like, he's like, dude, what are you doing? And so I had that little conversation with God. I'm, I'm loving my neighbor. He's like, Scott, the problem is you forgot the second half of that. Like you love yourself. Don't you, you hate when he got a good plan and he messes it all up? So I'm there and I'm like, yeah, God, but, but, but there's three of them. He's like, but there's 15 of y'all. He's a great debater. I don't know if you've ever debated him or like engaged him in some of that stuff and convinced him how wrong maybe his plan could be and how right yours could be. You never win. So we go at it for a few minutes and I just mean, oh, I did everything in my heart to try to convince myself, okay, maybe, maybe this isn't God speaking. Maybe it was the pizza we just had before we came out and, and did all of this. To which he assured me, no, Scott, this is me. You need to listen here. And, and so he, he, wouldn't let, he wouldn't let me go down that road. He wouldn't let us as a group go down that road. So you know what happens? We, we put it all back and we go to a place where we would shop. Did it cost more? Yeah, it cost a little bit more. Was it worth it? Absolutely, it was worth it. Well, because, because any act of obedience is always worth it, regardless of the cost, regardless of the pain that it brings in you physically for a moment, spiritually for a moment, financially for a moment, inconveniencely for a moment. Yes, it is well, well worth it. Well, because God gets glory and honor out of that. And do you know what it did in the group that night? Whenever, whenever you step up and say, okay, guys, look, I'm just as guilty as the rest of you in this room. I think we should get 10 of these, but the problem is God just won't let me. And they're like, what? I don't shop at this store. How many of y'all shop at this store? That's called conviction. That's a good gift of the Lord. Now, let's do this. Let's go to a place where we shop, but we can't get as much. You know what? We can't if we put in more money. So what if that means we just don't go eat at that nice, fancy place next week? Or what if that means we don't buy that gift for us this Christmas year? Instead, we got to give it away and give it to somebody. I mean, there's all kinds of little sacrifices and things that we can do to meet that. I mean, whenever you do that and you walk in obedience, God blesses and works in a mighty, mighty way. So we end up at a different store getting different gifts. That's going to honor God. Why? Because we're going to love our neighbor like ourselves. We're going to take serious the scriptures. 
Even though we were kind of flirting with them there for a moment at the beginning, we, we decided to submerge ourselves and go all in. And what get God did in that group, what God did in us. And so Jesus' command is that our inborn self-love, which has now been changed into a love of others or love people like, like you love yourselves. But, but, but I thought a great idea for us as a church is for us to help you. Like we want to come alongside and we want to help. And, and this is how we want to do it is, is we've got envelopes. And in those envelopes, we want to encourage every family to take one this week. And we want to ask you to love your neighbor well. And what we're doing is this. In those envelopes, we put a $50 bill. Ooh, uh, good at having conversations because we've already done that for you right here in this card. And this card says this. It says, thanks for being my neighbor. And it just says, my desire is to love my neighbor. Or maybe this week as you're doing, maybe you, you bring a gift home to your neighbor. And you say, hey man, I don't know, just got to put this on my heart. Here, have this. I don't know what that'll look like for you, but man, how awesome would it be that you gather together as a family or gather together with yourself and you, you can't gather together with yourself, you're with yourself, but you're with yourself and the Lord, yeah, the Holy Spirit's there, so I mean, there's two of you now, okay, but, but, but you, you, you pray and you say, okay, God, how, how can I love my neighbor well this week? What can I do? And in that, you never know the conversation that'll be had. You, you never know what God will do as a result of that, how he can move and how he can speak and how he can do, and we just help set you up. I mean, like, this is, this is easy. I mean, who doesn't want 50 bucks? Or you're out filling up your car. I mean, like that might give them half a tank. I mean, that's a gesture of love in itself. You know what I'm saying? Half a tank of gas? I mean, there's all kinds of creative ways that you can go love your neighbor well that way and care for somebody like that. And maybe just tell them how much Jesus loves them. Just tell them just a little bit how much Jesus loves them. So as the band comes back up and they get ready to lead us, these envelopes are, and their commitment this past summer was to mow the biggest portion of her grass outside the fence. I mean, that's loving your neighbor well. Mama, you be with your kids and you don't worry about it. I'm, I'm going to cut back here for you. I've got this rod mower and I can get it done. And no, I mean, there's all kinds of creative ways to care for and love your neighbor. Just think of how you take care of yourself in a week. Just think of what you do for yourself in a week. And then what you do is you go do that for somebody else expecting nothing in return nothing in, like I don't want you to cut my grass I don't want you to, no, I don't want that in return I just want you to take I don't want to love you like I love me just think of how you do that for yourself and so what I want to do I want to close with two questions and then just a little explanation the first question is this that I want to ask you do you love God with everything in you do you do you love God like the definition that we talked about today man self-sacrificial all in, regardless of. No matter what I think God should give me or do for me, but the fact that he already has through his son Jesus. I mean, do you love him that way? I, I mean, all in. Have you ever come to that place where you've seen yourself as sinful and wicked in need of a savior? And he's made you aware of that. And he has awakened in your heart this desire for him and you've, you've abandoned yourself for him. How are you walking out that relationship? What does it look like? Are you spending time in the Word? And hear me, I, I want to be a realist. I, I want to I be realistic. I mean, I, I'm more of a quality over quantity kind of guy. So instead of maybe like, 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 Monday's coming, I know we're like nine days into the new year and it's really hard to make a resolution now that we're nine days in, but I'm going to do it. And so, so maybe, maybe you just start out with two days a week, five minutes. And actually read something to remember what you read. And then you meditate on it throughout the rest of the week. 
Maybe you set aside, maybe set aside for 10 minutes or five minutes one evening just to begin to pray. And then maybe that'll grow because what I have learned in my life is that whenever I start to love God and walk with him, the more time I spend with him, the more time I want to be around him. I mean, I don't know if you remember like those dating years, but you know, like, like you just could not wait to be around her. Man, man, just everything, like you just, oh, I just man, when will the weekend get here so I can see her? Oh, but because you enjoyed her presence, you enjoyed the way she looked, you enjoyed the way she smelled, you, you enjoyed everything about her, the way she talked. Maybe I'm weird and just... Uh, and hear me, when you begin to spend time with Jesus, the same thing happens. The same thing happens. Because you get to see how awesome he is, you get to experience his life-giving presence all the more. You, you, you get to uh, spend time with the creator of the world who cares for us. And hear me, he wants relationship with us far more than we want relationship with him. And so he's going to do everything he can to show you and to woo you and to draw you all the more in. And the second question I ask you is this, do you love your neighbor the way that you love you? Maybe to be a little bit more intentional there, how, how did you serve your neighbor this week? How did you take care of yourself? Where did you eat? What did you do for you? How did you take care of you this week, your family this week? What, what, what happened? What took place there? And so the heart, the very heart behind the why is this, is because, because of our love for God and others. That's why discipleship. Because we love God, and as a result of us loving God, it pours forth out into other people, and as a result of it pouring forth out into other people, uh, we want to do what God says. Well, because we know that God desires to save people. We know that God desires to rescue and redeem. We know that God desires to raise people up. I mean, I don't know about y'all sending to tell them about Jesus. I mean, I can't imagine what God's going to do with you and through you. I mean, that, that geeks me up. That's why we want to invest so much in you. That's why we want to pour so much in you. That's why we care so much about you. I mean, I mean, you're not the next generation. You're the now generation. And we want to do everything we can to let you know how much Jesus loves you. And we want to do everything we can to love you well and to show you what that looks like. Well, because, because you're the ones that take the gospel to the next. I mean, I mean, you're the ones that we get to encourage and pour into. And we get to hear those crazy stories. Can you believe how they shared the gospel in 2075. My gosh, I never thought that we would ever, that song, we get to do that to you and kind of aggravate you a little bit. It'll be, you'll be really frustrated and aggravated. Be patient with us. I don't know why we're just wired that way. But man, because we love God, it flows through loving others, caring for others, our neighbor. And who's our neighbor? Everybody that we, we come in contact with, everybody that we walk by, everybody that we see. And the great news is that God guarantees in his word he's going to save and rescue and redeem. And we don't have a clue who that's going to be. So that's why it's so important and vital for us to love well everyone. To care for well everyone. That's what he's commanded. That's what he's asked for us to do. Next week, we'll dive a little bit deeper into what a disciple is and what that means and how we start to work out and live out and do some of those. But it's because of the great love of our God and the invitation to be His. And as a result of that relationship with Him, we get to go out and we get to live out. And one of the ways that we're going to do that this week, I pray, church, is that you give $50 away and you share the love of Christ like you've never done before. And maybe that's going to stretch you and challenge you, but what I've learned in my walk is this, is in those difficult moments, those difficult places, that's where the greatest growth seems to happen. 
when he starts to stretch you and take you out of your comfort zone a little bit, that's where God starts to work and do. Father, help us this morning hear from you. God, if there be one here this morning that don't know you, Father, I pray that you speak to the heart. God, that the gospel would have been heard in a way that would awaken them to their reality and need for you. Father, I just pray you, you, you work and move in this place. Jesus, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for the invitation to, to enter into a relationship with you. And so, Father, I pray that you just help us do a better job at loving our neighbor. That, that you help us do a better job of walking this out because of our great love with you. Help us be connected to you and have a great longing and desire and yearning for you. And as a result of that, it flows out to everyone else. And the way that we care and love for ourselves, that we do the same thing for this world. Jesus, move in this moment, in this time. In your name we pray. Amen.